We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My name is Jari Bolander. Welcome to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. On this podcast, we're going to take a deep dive into the traits, values, beliefs, and skills of all sorts of entrepreneurs to learn how to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient world. Let's get started. Hello, everyone. As usual, stay tuned to the end of the interview where I'll give you some actionable insights that I learned from my guest. These insights are also in the show notes, and all of the show notes are over at theentrepreneurethos.com. As always, Thanks for listening. Now, on to my guest for today, Andre Zinkovich, co-founder of FullFunnel.io. Andre, the son of a salesman, started playing soccer when he was four. When his soccer career was cut short by injuries in his teens, Andre decided to follow in his father's footsteps. After five years in sales, he found success largely through networking and building personal relationships. But this was a strategy that didn't scale well. Andre moved into marketing, where he tried to keep the focus on personalization. Andre began a blog sharing what he knew, offering courses, and publishing a book. Eventually, his recognition grew to the point where he was being invited to speak at conferences, like the one he attended in Spain. This is where he met one of the followers who had taken his first course. Vlad, a software engineer and musician, eventually joined him in co-founding FullFunnel.io. With FullFunnel, Andre helps sales and marketing teams be more effective. He offers a lot of content online, mainly through LinkedIn, in addition to courses from his site. He focuses on helping companies grow by playing the long game. Growth hacks can help early on, but growing companies need more sustainable strategy. Andre credits his training in sports with instilling him with the discipline needed to consistently continue to generate content, which helps him to connect with others and get noticed. Andre advises businesses to think beyond sales and to continue to ask for feedback and nurture relationships with existing customers. He also stresses the importance of being able to withstand losses and failure, of knowing there will be some bad days, learning from them, and moving on. Now, let's get better together. Andre Zinkovich, welcome to the podcast. 
Thanks a lot for having me. Well, I am just thrilled to have you on the show. You are the founder of FullFunnel.io. I've been following you guys on LinkedIn because my friend Troy over at Productive AI said, you got to follow these guys. They got great stuff. Anytime Troy tells me to follow someone, I absolutely follow them. I've even signed up for some of your classes and your webinars, specifically around ABM and how to do that in B2B companies. And just was so thrilled that you um, agreed to be on the show and talk about what you guys are doing. And one of the things I just wanted to say before we get started is I'm just really impressed on how thoughtful and generous you guys are on LinkedIn, on all the content, which is is just stellar. So really kudos for that. Anyone listening, just follow these guys. If you're into any B2B sales, marketing, ABM, this stuff is is really good. And I should know because I do this for a living too. <laughs> so, um, so we'll gush about that and I'll get nerd out and geek out later on. But um, before we do that, as I always like to say, uh, why don't you tell us how you got to do what you're doing today? Yeah, so first of, first of all, thanks a lot for the intro. <laughs> you just did a great job, so I don't know even what to describe. But yeah, let's <laughs> let's dive into details. So at fullfunnel.io, um, we train and uh, coach B2B marketing and sales teams to launch account-based full-funnel marketing operations which sounds a little bit theoretical, right, for everybody who is not in that space. But generally speaking, uh, I don't believe into siloed operations like ABM or demand generation, a go-to-market strategy. All of these things are really important and they should be aligned and merged into one cohesive unit, which we call full funnel marketing, right? The truth is that any company, like you said, behind the scenes, everybody wants to find a quick quick win, growth hack to scale business fast. But the truth is that in reality, right, maybe in the early phases, any startup can find something to get early traction. But what works during pre-product market feed or traction phases doesn't mean that it will work for scaling business, right? Doesn't mean that this like kind of sustainable tactic that you can rely on so that being said i believe that every b2b organization should look at their marketing and sales processes uh, holistically which means all starts from creating awareness on the target market right even if we look at your intro you said that you have heard about us from troy right hey you need to follow these guys. So this is how we created awareness, right, of our company. And this is how we attracted your attention. So it came from one source, somebody from your network, right, recommended our company. How did we do it? We created content on LinkedIn, like you mentioned, it means a lot to me, your feedback that the content is really good. That made you start following us. Next, right, the demand. In this case, I mean, we are not in business together, but generally speaking, uh, we are kind of uh, partnership companies, right? That's sort of the same target audience. So you run the podcast, you need guests, right? So let's let's assume how did we, I or our company generate demand to uh, to motivate you to invite us to your show, right? Again, so you signed up for the webinars, you signed up for the six weeks ABM course, 
you got the value, right? You implemented some stuff with your clients, et cetera, right? So that's the demand generation part. Next, uh, the demand capturing. Um, the demand capturing happens, right? So you DM'd me, you checked our website. Again, you checked this multiple sources of content, which created enough credibility, right? So then we had brief chat. You asked me a couple of questions again. And I believe that every podcast host should be doing this, right? Validating the guest expertise, because nowadays, unfortunately, it's not that hard to copy somebody somebody's content, you know, put it into chat GPT and create a slightly different copy and pretend oh, yeah. that you're, you're an expert, right? Oh, yeah. Uh, you should see how many pitches I get. <laughs> I know. I mean, I write for a living. I know this is chat GPT. You can't fool me, you know? <laughs> yeah. And I also see a lot of people on LinkedIn who are just, you know, um, literally copying what we are publishing, just changing a few words and then even the same graphs that we are posting, but changing, you know, the color of the images, etc., which looks a little bit funny. But for me, honestly, I don't care where I'm leading with this is that uh, you ask questions, you validate it, right? And the same if we look at the sales process, this is how most companies should capture it, right? So next is the sales process, right? So basically, in this case, you reached me out, right? So that's exactly what you mentioned. I didn't come to you and um, told something. Hey, Jerry, you know, I've been on hundreds of podcasts and I know that you're running the podcast. I would be an awesome guest. I have 16 years of expertise in ABM and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, print me to your show. And then you need to give me backlink and all of that stuff. <laughs> no, it was like, it was an inbound opportunity, if you will, right? You came to me, you invited me. And then we have this not related to our relationship, but uh, generally speaking, if we look holistically at business, right? Most companies stop at sales. Why? Because they believe that this is where the job is done, right? And now it's customer and all customers are operating in the happy by default mode. What I mean by this is that if so many companies assume that if customers are not complaining about anything and not reaching out to support are not, you know, submitting Zendesk tickets, etc., then they are happy, they are satisfied. But the truth is that they might not be satisfied. They might be dealing with a bunch of things, right? And not using your software or your product properly, right? And then at one point, they might just start evaluating different vendors. And one day, just simply sending you an email saying, hey, so we're not going to renew the contracts. And that's especially important for our audience, for our market, for companies who are selling high ACV products, right? 50K and above, right? Nobody wants to get an email three months before the contract renewal saying, sorry, guys, we're not going to renew contracts. So we are going with another vendor, right? The point is that you need to be proactive after sales. And this is what where client success helps. So that should be integrated into, into your marketing and sales operations. This way you need to run in-depth customer interviews. Probably you have heard a lot on LinkedIn yeah. about the importance of customer interviews. Oh, yeah. This this is exactly the stage where you need to ask these questions. You need to track client satisfaction. Your product marketer should look about uh, on product adoption and frequency, how often people log in, right? 
pull yeah. logs in? What functions? Do they use product properly, right? Because if they are not using the product properly, even if you had a champion who was super excited about your product, it's just a matter of time when this person will get a question from CFO, CEO, whoever to justify the investment, right? Why did we pay 50K for something if nobody in our company using it, right? So what's the point? So these are the most important things. And next, everybody knows that selling to existing customers is way easier than generating new customers, correct? Now, when we are talking about account-based marketing, we ask usually companies, have you guys ever done expansion campaigns? And then nobody do. Nobody, nobody does it because yeah. I mean, everybody assumes that it should happen passively, naturally, yeah, right? So, it doesn't. It's true. Yeah. I mean, sporadically, it might happen, right? But generally speaking, that you need to have a proactive approach. And then how can you expect to expand the business with, or upsell something to existing customer if you don't know are they satisfied or not satisfied with your product, right? So first of all, you need to make sure that you have a good case study with existing client, right? So this case study could be used also for sales enablement, for social proof, for demand generation as well, right? But at the same time, this is an opportunity to spot on this um, expansion opportunity. So to wrap it up, these are the main functions, right? And this is where you can see the role of account-based marketing. Obviously, by default, you need to have a clear go-to-market strategy. Then you have awareness. Then you have demand generation. Then you have demand capturing and sales. And for me, this is what ABM or whatever you'll call it, ABX nowadays, somebody says, right? So basically, account-based marketing and sales. And then you have client success and expansion. Yeah, well, thank you for that. I mean, yeah, it's so interesting because when you bring up customer satisfaction. And I think that's one of the most underutilized functions in all B2B, every, well, most companies, but especially B2B, because those are, once you get a customer and you want to make them happy to your point, upsell or whatever, those customer service people, they are on the front line of what's going on, right? And it just shocks me because it's hard to do, right? I agree. It, you know, like it's one of those things, and everyone just doesn't give it the respect it's due because there are serious opportunities for not only customer retention but also customer expansion and, and customer service. And I think one of the things that you know, I know it's at least it seems as your your guys's philosophy over at FullFunnel.io is. I remember I bought. The class, the six-week marketing bootcamp. I don't even remember what it was called, right? But I just bought it, right? And immediately I get this, I get a message from you being like, hey, thanks for buying the thing. Do you have any questions? Right. Like super simple. Could have been a bot. I don't care. It's like someone you you were thoughtful on the onboarding process. I'm like, no, nah, I'm cool. You know, I'm good. And then I go through some stuff. And then I had a question. I legit like, I can't remember where this chart is. Cause I'm like, ah, this chart's really cool. Where is this chart? I can't find it. I said, hey, do you know where this chart is? Oh, yeah, it's right here. Like, it's amazing. And then, you know, people say, well, that doesn't scale and you can't do that for some things. But I disagree. I don't think people really understand the power of that connection and customer service. And I'm curious, 
you know, you 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 spent some time in the enterprise segment. You know, you worked at some big companies right before you started your own gig, and you know, you you have um, a co-founder, uh, Vlad or Vladimir, as well. And I'm curious, what was it that sort of said, you know, what it's time for me to do my own thing? You know, because I know a lot of people, like the, a lot of younger people, ask me, like, when's when's the when should I do a startup or should I go to a big company? And I'm just curious, you know, what was your thought process as you decided it's time to time to be independent? Yeah, so there were several things to be honest. Uh, so first of all, um, when I started my career, I was looking at my father who had quite successful career in sales. And uh, for me, I mean, I even if I'll make a step back, right, I didn't think that i would uh join at any moment marketing or sales role at any company i was thinking when i was 16 17 i was still thinking that i would be a professional soccer player and that was my main motion right then i had two injuries and uh, at one point you started considering okay what's next so i I uh, studied at university and I actually got bored pretty fast. And just because of my father, uh, he introduced me very early to marketing books, to sales books. And that actually, aside from football, that actually um, excited. Uh, it was kind of my natural interest to learn of that stuff. I was asking him a lot about his job, his profession, etc. And that's how I decided to to start, start my career. So I probably, as you know, I spent first five years in sales before switching to marketing. And the key point was uh, I had quite good career in sales as well. But then for me, the main question was uh, for everybody who is in sales, you know how the things are going. You're always under the pressure to hit the sales quota, right? Then for me, the question was always, okay, uh, I was thinking a lot what helped me to to, to grow my career and that was always the personal level relation of relationship with clients obviously i couldn't i had probably around 100 clients customers and i couldn't maintain the same level of relationship with everybody this is how i learned naturally the most important things in account-based marketing is tier segmentation right and the level of personalization so with tier one customers i used to play soccer together we used to attend the games of our local team you know to support them i I bought purchase tickets, etc. You know, we met quite often, and so obviously, whenever we, I I challenged marketing team to come up with personalized campaigns that could help to boost you know sales. So the next uh, for me, the motivation for the transition was uh, the thought that consistently was pumping in my head: uh, how could I make my customers to purchase more because we were selling to retail chains, right? And this retail chains, I mean, this natural, right? You come to retail chain and then you buy our stuff from the shelves. So for me, the key point was how to uh, motivate two channels, both retail chain, chains to purchase more and end customers to purchase more, right? And as a salesperson, I can't impact that a lot. I can push somehow you can do some let's say 
trade marketing activities make some agreements to make chains to buy more, but to stimulate end buyers, that's a completely different story. So this is how I ended up in marketing. And then I was, uh, I, I mean, I was applying the same principles and what uh, simplified my marketing growth was the sales experience, right? I didn't wear pink glasses and because I spent five years in trenches, I knew exactly what's going on and what are the hurdles of uh, sales teams that they are facing. And I was I was practically coming with all of these things, right? But uh, uh, coming back to your question, what motivated me to start my individual past? Uh, as simple as that, because uh, when you work for corporations, when you work to enterprises, you are still a small element of a big vehicle, right? You, I, I felt that I could impact way more the organization than um, at that moment I could. And uh, on a side note, I started my first uh, blog. I didn't write uh, in English at that time. So it was just for my local market using uh, my native language and uh, as it, it was just for fun, right? For me, it wasn't that structured as nowadays on LinkedIn or the articles that you can see in our blog at fullfunnel.io. Uh, but because of this, um, you know, I had some connections and then people were reaching out, hey, can you help us this? Can you help us that? And just because of this, I had some occasional, you know, side gigs. And at one point, um, I just got a person who said, yeah, would you be willing, you know, to do this, like, as probably fractional CMO for me? So, and the, I just, out of curiosity, I didn't know how to charge. I just asked, like, how much are you willing to pay for this? And he actually was willing to pay more than my wage uh, at the company. So I was okay, that's that's there you go. <laughs> <laughs> that was a no-brainer, right? For sure. And um, uh, that was a transition. So for me, I I I would say um, if 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 I can provide an advice for young people, right, when to start, I would first first of all I would say uh, you need to get skills. Right. And especially, I mean, if you want to run marketing agency or consultant company like we are running, right, you need to have robust skills. You need to learn the stuff. You need to learn the things the hard way, right? You need to be in trenches. It's just not enough even to purchase our course and say, hey, now I'm a great ABM marketer until you'll implement it, until you'll get practical experience, no way. So uh, for me, I would say whenever you feel confidence, right, you know, you see the results that you are generating and you have documented processes because lots of people, I know lots of people, they have something in their heads, but they can't explain how the things are working. And I believe this this is what separates good marketer from a great marketer. Great marketer can show everything in simple frameworks, right? Probably this is what's uh, helped our company to grow because we uh, try to simplify everything instead of complex series, right? We try to make things simple. So uh, totally. no, even simple some... Is, 
the best yeah. simple companies way. could just read our content on linkedin and implement it yeah no that's that's actually a really good point about simplicity i know a lot of people uh think that they have to have very convoluted you know very literary uh, what I call 25 cent words, which are like hard, even for me to say, I can only imagine if it's like English is your second language. You're like, what the heck is this? Right. Uh, and they think that that dumbs down the offering or doesn't seem intellectual where actually the most intellectual and the best way to put forth an idea is so that everyone can actually explain it. And then Richard Feynman, who was a famous physicist, I'm, I don't know if you ever heard of yeah. him, great, great, great explainer of complex things, right? And that was his thought process. And, and I think it's one that I've used throughout my career. And since I love to write and I write a bunch of books, and of course, you know, I used to blog, I still blog a little bit and do this show. The, the simple is really, if you can explain it to your grandmother, then you understand it, <laughs> right? Yeah. That's at least my philosophy. And I, I'm just curious. So, you know, pursuing sports, being, you know, professional football player or seeking to be a professional football player, anything from that sports experience that you bring to the business that, you know, you hear a lot of former professional athletes, they go into sales and marketing because of the, well, a lot in sales because it's like win, 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 win. Um, and they just have that kind of winning mentality. But I'm curious if there's some mindset, some um, just traits, some skills that 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 sport helps with. Because I mean, you know, I I played soccer, you know, you you know, American soccer, which is you know, European football, all through until high school. I didn't get to play in college; I wasn't that good. So I can appreciate the beautiful game because <laughs> my grandfather was Dutch and. Dutch people love soccer as well. So I'm just yeah, curious, what are, yeah, what are some of the um, the skills that kind of translate over from sport into business? Yeah, absolutely. I would say that lots of skills that helped me to, man, to have quite successful career, right? And then launching my company, they came actually from my football experience. I started to train when I was four, right? And then I finished, let's say, professional part when i was 17 i still nowadays i'm still playing but i'm playing futsal uh and we have so-called business league when different companies you know they invite ex-professional players or people like me who used to, to play professionally and we have our own league so i'm just still <laughs> in football trenches but generally speaking uh regarding the skills i would um I worked with multiple customers and also with multiple teams. And I definitely see the difference between people who had a sport experience and who hadn't. So when it comes to me, right, one of the most important things is the discipline. And this is, I believe, what most companies don't have. Uh, if, Probably two or three weeks ago, uh, we hosted a webinar about uh, our demand generation strategy. And I was explaining that it's not that complicated. Again, I just simplified it. We have eight core pillars, but if you look at our activity, right, we have 
daily LinkedIn posting. We have a weekly newsletter. We have a weekly live podcast. So you have the pre-recorded one. We do it also for our community. We invite our community to join it. Uh, obviously, sometimes we pause it and we don't host a live podcast during the summer. But anyhow, this like a regular cadence, right? Next, um, we have a monthly webinar. So monthly webinar is very practical where we just dive into some like step-by-step frameworks, right? So next we have annual full final summit, the one that you have mentioned. Next we have uh, quarter boot camps, right? And we have actually four boot four quarters for boot camps: go to market strategy, demand generation, ABM, and ABM on LinkedIn. So that's that's a simple that's a simple cadence, right? And then we have uh, sometimes the, the only one thing that's uh, potentially might take uh might go out of schedule is uh block content production because we aim for two in-depth guides but uh we prioritize quality over quantity so sometimes it takes more time to produce these articles and the average length of our articles is at least 5k words so it's quite quite in-depth right so but generally speaking that's it so discipline is number one lots of companies simply don't have that discipline the next mental model is the uh basically an ability to deal with losses and the uh, you just you just understand that losing right is just a part of of the way so sometimes when it something doesn't happen, you just, you know, you lost the game, but you need to forget uh, after the final whistle, you just need to forget about that game and focus on the next one. And the same, so sometimes things might not work uh, the way how we want them to work, right? And there are multiple factors, external, internal, we could do something better, right? Or there are some circumstances that's uh, basically we can't influence, right? That's uh, basically in- impacted the performance of anything. But the key point is just doing the reflection on what could be done better. And that's it. So we never treat the loss as as the loss, right? We just treat it as, an, as a lesson. Uh, the only one question that I always ask, what could be done? If there is anything that could be done better and could I prepare myself if I want to launch a similar campaign in future, right? Could I prepare myself to the circumstances that I wasn't aware of or I wasn't prepared? So, and uh, unfortunately, lots of people, I think that this is one of the main differences. Lots of people, especially marketers, they take it personally, right? So they might start judging their skills and also under the pressure, you know. So for example, in sales-led organizations, it just it's just enough to fail one campaign or fail. I mean, again, what's the definition of failure, right? But anyhow, so it's just uh, enough to do to run a campaign that goes against the expectations of founders of sales, right? And then CRO, head of sales would come and say, hey, that doesn't work, et cetera, why you are doing this? And uh, marketers, they don't know, they they start judging themselves, right? They start um, judging their, their own skills 
And that's 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 a huge problem. I think that's uh lots of uh, and also sometimes especially this this mistake that rookie marketers are making uh when they try something new let's say they enrolled in in a course right or they listen to a webinar and they try to replicate but basically they don't have the skills right they are trying and a seasoned person the seasoned person will always come and say hey i want to do a pilot i don't have the skills which is fair enough right nobody yeah. is afraid to 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 share to say that I don't have the skills, but I listened. I believe I have a good idea. This is a pilot campaign. I just want to do it on a small scope. These are the resources that uh, we need. This is how we are going to track it. This is how much time we need for this campaign, right? And these are the leading indicators that we want to focus on. And the rookie marketers, they make a mistake. They assume, wow, so I found a crosshack. So that would definitely work because this works for these guys and I'm smart enough. So I would say I would be able to reverse engineer it. And they, instead of doing it on a small scope, they try to, to create, you know, a beautiful presentation. Everybody gets excited, et cetera. But obviously then it fails. Fails in terms of expectations, right? Of setting up the wrong expectations. That's the biggest problem. And then these people, they, um, they just uh, started seeking for new solutions. And uh, the last thing that's, which basically leads me to the last thing, it's patience. Lots of people, they don't have patience. They want to see immediate results. Unfortunately, to become a good soccer player is just not enough to know how to dribble. Or if you'll open YouTube, you know, and you, uh, you'll type freestylers, you'll find lots of people who have fantastic, you know, football, who are doing fantastic football tricks, etc. But if you put them on the field, they won't be that helpful as you assume they are, right? It's just not enough to know how to dribble totally. or how to tackle or how to shoot, right? There are so many multiple things that impact um, or create actually a good, good player. And uh, the only one thing is just uh, to become a really good player, you need to train physically, you need to train your stamina, muscles, etc., pace. Then you need to train, obviously, dribbling and technical capacity. But aside from this mental training, lots yeah. of people assume that it's just a game where 22 men, you know, running on the ball. But I would share with you, there are so many fantastic players like in Italy there was Andrea Pirlo who even didn't run a lot on the field but it was enough to make one good pass and everybody was stunned how that guy made that action how did they how did he make that pass and then somebody's just running and scoring the goal right so yeah. there are so many skills and but the only way to gain the skills is patience is committing to these trainings and again, I'm talking about uh, holistical growth, right? The same is here. Lots of companies don't have, and lots of marketers, they don't have that patience. They don't dedicate enough time to gain a skill or to build a program. And that's, uh, these are the main things that I would share. Yeah, no, no, I agree. I, I always, you know, when I played, you know, uh, football, soccer, US version, it was the teamwork. It was the practice. I mean, our game was what 90 minutes. We practiced 
five, six, seven times that during the week. And, you know, and it was funny. It was like, we wanted to play a game because practice was so hard, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And it was the teamwork and, and like learning off each other. And really, I loved your point about, you know, what a loss is a loss, move on. I think there was a very famous footballer coach who who said that, and I don't remember his name, but he's like, I let the team wallow in the loss for 24 hours. And then after that, we move on. We just got to keep moving, got to keep going. It's a long game. You never win them all. And he, you know, it was like, we just, we put the effort on, we put it all on the field and sometimes it doesn't go your way. And I think that's a very powerful thing that team sports does for you and that you're part of a team and it's not just about you, right? That's why I think it's important that if you, if you start a company, I always highly recommend you have a co-founder, which you do, Vlad. I'm I'm curious, did does 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 Vlad play soccer? Are you better than him or football? <laughs> <laughs> no, Vlad actually comes from a completely different space from music. So. Oh, what does he play? Yeah, so the drums. Oh, and awesome. uh, yeah, and he was uh, a professor in the university. So really. Yeah, he worked as a software engineer, so he is coming from completely different space. <laughs> wow. How did you guys meet? Uh, that's an interesting story. So I mentioned I had a local um, blog. I used my native language, right? One point uh, I was thinking, okay, so I just want to meet people outside, right? And I want to connect with global community. I want to learn from other people, right? I just don't want to uh sit in my own you know swamp and just <laughs> uh not knowing what's going on in the world and then it was probably 2015 or 2016 probably early 2016 uh i was looking for b2b marketing communities and there wasn't that much so what i have seen at that moment there was a boom of all things called growth hacking probably you remember right and I assume it was because of Sean Ellis, his uh, great book and community and lots of people became growth hackers. And this is exactly the time when you open any marketing article and you see all these examples, Dropbox, Airbnb, you know, standard stuff. So I was, oh my gosh, <laughs> I assume that's just happening in Poland and Ukraine, but like actually it's a global problem. So I was looking at communities. I didn't find any communities. So what I did, I just created my own Facebook group. At that time, I looked at LinkedIn groups and still I believe LinkedIn groups are graveyards. I mean, there is no engagement. So there are a bunch of people, but there's that is, no... that's 100% true. That, and, and you know what? Because I'm not a big fan of Facebook, but like every one of these classes and, you know, when I write these books, I get a Facebook group going. I go, but I write business books. And they're like, but Facebook's way better than <laughs> LinkedIn groups, just are graveyards. You're totally right. Wow. Yeah. At that time, uh, what was really funny at that time, I didn't use LinkedIn at all. So I had I had a profile on LinkedIn and I had probably 50 connections with my, you know, ex-colleagues, et cetera. So I didn't use LinkedIn at all. And I assumed I treated LinkedIn as many people treat it still nowadays as like a platform where you can, you know, upload your, you can create your digital CV and that's it, right? 
So that's 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 why um, Facebook. So I created a community and then I just you know made posts and some communities also reached out to admin saying, hey guys, so I saw that I mean there is no community about this topic about B2B marketing for companies that are selling complex products that have long sales cycles, right? ICV products, all about growth hacking, et cetera, which is completely irrelevant. So I'm just creating this community. Would you mind if I just would make an announcement if somebody would, you know, join, then that would be cool. Obviously, I I mean, I before doing this, I became an engaged member. So I was commenting on the posts, et cetera. I was sending uh, connection requests. Uh, so these people were aware of me, right? I didn't come as a random person. And then I made this post. And probably gained first 200 members. And then uh, in the beginning, it was really hard because not community, but then I was one talking head. So nobody was engaging, etc., which was uh, very painful, to be honest. And also the difference was that um, I was very well known on a local market, you know, going to all the conferences, etc., and then nobody recognizes you on a global scale, right? On global scale, you still no name, <laughs> which is which was again uh, painful true. And Vlad actually came from one of these groups. So he saw the post, he joined the community, and he was yeah. I actually I love a lot your content. So we had lots of chats. And uh, at one point, I released a course, and uh, he was the first student in that course about what we call now full funnel marketing, right? Um, then uh, I paid my attention to LinkedIn, so the profile was growing. And in 20, 2019, I decided to publish a book, just document my experience about LinkedIn. And we launched it for, uh, to be honest, I didn't even want to publish a printed book uh we launched we created pdf for our community got uh we received lots of feedback and also practical questions so just updated that book uh i had a friend with whom uh, we wrote it and then we went to product hunt which was quite solid the, that day so we published on product hunt that book generated probably 2k upvotes was like pretty huge success, lots of, you know, testimonials, feedback, etc. And I was, oh, wow, so there is like, <laughs> there is a good potential. So let's do an Amazon version. So we created a printed book. And uh, because of that book, I started to get um, invitations, you know, to host private workshops on that topic. So one of them was in Valencia, Spain, where Vlad lives. And this is how we met. Cool. So start a community that you're interested in, be productive and creative, uh, publish a book, and then get your co-founder. <laughs> Overnight success in what? Three, four years. <laughs> yeah, more or less. <laughs> yeah, it's great. I mean, um, it's it's just so, like I said before, when we when, when beginning, just the amount of generosity that you guys give on LinkedIn. Uh, and to your point about, you know, a lot of information, you know, if you, if you're start, you know, new to this, it's really overwhelming. You can't just copy and paste it. It's not And chat GPT won't help you on this either. Cause it's 
more strategic and theoretic, not theoretical, but strategic application of these ideas that are like, you got to just be in the trench. And, and what I really appreciate about that is, um, you know, it fills in the gaps. Like, so some of my experience is different than obviously your guys' experience. And I take a different lens when I'm working with some of my clients, but the gap filling is what's super important. It's like, ah, I, I, I constantly say, I didn't think of that, but that makes sense. Okay. This is how I'm going to implement it. And to your point about simple frameworks, um, explaining it in, in easy to understand language, just lets people be part of it. So they don't feel so pushed. They, they feel part of it, I think is the word I'm looking for. And, and that is just a really powerful thing. And I, again, I really appreciate all the, the work you guys are, are doing, all the, um, the webinars and the classes. And um, it's just, again, if you're serious about ABM and you're serious about full funnel marketing, I mean, full funnel DIO is the place to be. I mean, I can't stress that enough. I think anyone, any entrepreneur that's trying to figure this out, even if, you know, I mean, yeah, if you've got high ACV stuff, you know, 50K or whatever, it's important. But I also think there's some fundamental lessons here to your point about customer service and really understanding the customer and getting to know that personal connection. Cause you know, the growth hacking days are over. <laughs> In my opinion, I just think there's just, you can't, you know, there's not, not that much anymore. You know, it's just not, you gotta really, you have to be specific and you have to be thoughtful and you have to really understand what you're doing. So, Andre, thank you so much uh, for your time today. Good luck with your, I think you got another summit coming up or another webinar <laughs> I signed up for as well. So, uh, appreciate it. And uh, yeah, stay safe. Thanks a lot for having me. Thanks, Andre, for the awesome interview. I really love what y'all are doing over at fullfunnel.io, like super cool. All your content's just awesome. Been just learning a ton and can't keep up with it all. <laughs> you guys do so much. So uh, as promised, here are some actual insights that I learned from my interview. Losing is part of the game. When you have a loss or failure, treat it as a lesson to teach you how to do better next time. I mean, this is one of the tenets of the entrepreneur ethos, right? Um, failure is never an option. Or failure is an option, but never the final result, right? So there is going to be times where you're just not going to win. <laughs> it's unfortunate. Can't be perfect. Uh, and I think that's the reason why sports is so powerful because it teaches how to, you how to lose with grace, even though you've done your full effort, right? Sometimes it just doesn't go your way. I think that's the powerful thing about sports. So, you know, think of times where you failed and, um, or, temporary setbacks and just learn from them. It's really important. It takes time and practice to build skills. Don't expect to be able to immediately apply and see results when trying a new strategy. This is a common mistake he sees people make. Take the time to learn and cultivate skills and experience. Yeah, I mean, this is the other thing about sports that's super interesting. I mean, the actual playing the game is probably one-tenth of the time you do doing the sport. You spend a lot of time practicing right? I mean, practice a lot before you even get to the game. So 
I always think of like skills building as just practice. Like, how am I going to practice the craft? How am I going to practice the craft of writing, of speaking? Why do you think I do this podcast so I can learn how to speak into a microphone and not freak out about it? But what that's important. So ask yourself questions uh, when you're going to do some things like, how can I practice this skill in a safe way? I think that's also very important. I don't think we do enough of that in business and entrepreneurship. What are the safe places to practice? Um, entrepreneurs do have a little bit more of a mentality on that because we sort of don't know what's going to work. So we have to practice and do experiments. Build relationships as much as possible. Personalize your interactions and also vet the people you work with. It's super important to work with great people if you can. I mean, I don't think you have an option for that. Just your world is going to be miserable. But also, you know, make sure you're like truly interacting. You know, you can't really growth hack that. And yeah, it's not scalable, but those relationships are super important. And I think as part of building your brand personally and in your company, building those personal connections makes a ton more sense than just trying to spray and pray. So consider that next time you're doing some of your marketing endeavors. So there you have it the actionable insights that I learned from my interview. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening to the Entrepreneur Ethos Podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I did creating it. My hope is that you learned something that can make you a little bit better. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do share it with friends and review it on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also join my email list by visiting theentrepreneurethos.com to get my thoughts on what I'm doing to get better as well as what I'm working on. You can also pick up my book, The Entrepreneur Ethos, if you want to learn the traits, values, and beliefs that I think we need to build a more ethical, inclusive, and resilient entrepreneur, and frankly, world community. Feel free to follow me on Twitter at The Daily MBA, and let me know if you have any questions or recommendations for a guest you'd like me to talk to. Also, drop me a note if you try anything we talked about on this or any other episode. I'd love to hear what's working for you. Until next time, keep getting better. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.